Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hello there, world. We are here. We are still here. Uh, despite the rumors, we've had to extend a break. I don't like doing that. I like to try and be punctual. But basically, I'm just going to explain to everyone around the world. Uh, if you're from the UK, you probably know this. But we've had kind of a problem with deliveries. Um, there's a bit of a small scale war with petrol at the moment because it's in high demand and it can't be delivered. And there's a bit of a nightmare with the whole Brexit thing. Um, I'm sure it'll be you know, filtered over time and people get used to this. I can't really understand a lot of it myself, but I guess it's, uh, well, it's bureaucracy. No one likes that. It's a French word. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, this is episode 106, 106 of FI Goes PC. As always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Howe. And as I was saying, yeah, so there's been delays. And basically, we were sat down here quite happily, uh, the time we were meant to do the podcast, we were recording it. And suddenly a small army of deliveries turn up for everything we'd ordered. Uh, they said it would be weeks ahead. But anyone who's dealt with Amazon or anything like this recently, it's pretty much whenever they turn up. Um, and we had them all turn up at once. So we've been vastly turning the outhouse that we, uh, we found in the forest into uh, our studio. It's happening bit by bit. And yeah, a lot of building, a lot of kind of Ikea style slapping things together. Uh, Swedish. That's that's their new slogan, slapping things together Swedish. I've just done that for them. And I, great. Oh, debatable. Uh, I'm not alone because uh, ignoring me, as always, pretty much got her headphones on and she's listening to jazz, pretty sure. Is our producer, Winifred. Say hello if you can hear me. Hello. Oh, you can hear me. Hi. Did I come through the jazz waves? Jazz waves. The jazzy waves. <laughs> waves of jazz. Blip, 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 Thanks Thanks for that. Well, that was just an outro. Okay. Pretty much I was finishing off the song you were listening to, <laughs> uh, which is more music mm-hmm. than song, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, so, yeah, we've had some issues with delivery, I was telling everyone. Oh, very annoying careers. Couriers are. Very annoying careers are. Just say career. <laughs> yes, that's why uh, I don't want to do one. Yes, that's what uh, she's saying. Couriers have been very annoying. When they say, "Oh, we'll come on Sunday," and then they're like, "Oh, well, we're here on Saturday." Oh, the thing gosh. that's the thing that's been really annoying isn't so far as the delays and the, the fact that it completely interrupted us. So we literally had to pause what yep. we're recording, just call it a day, yep. and um, get to building stuff. We've also inherited our entire neighborhood, all of the forest <laughs> mail. We've basically been impromptu post people because doing what we do, we're here most of the time uh, in a forest. And because the treehouse is a central sort of landmark in these here parts, all the neighbors tend to be out doing things like living. Like working or shopping. So so we kind of inherit all of these packages for everyone in the neighborhood. Yep. And then it feels like you're kind of Father Christmas. We should get paid for being like the third party. We should be guy. getting paid for doing a job. I'm pretty sure because it's it's it started off small, but then it's become kind of insane this last week. The yeah. amount of posts that we're throwing up, at least we're meeting the neighbors. 
Didn't like having to deliver to the big brown bear at number five. Because <laughs> he's really grumpy. You could say grizzly, that dude. Uh, uh, yeah, I shaved his face and he was a lot happier. I think, I think he was getting in the way of, you know, honey okay. or something. I'm not sure. He kept getting stuck to his snout. I'm pretty sure this is real. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's that. We kind of had mid-awesome happen. So if you're in China, Japan, Korea, Southeast Asia specifically, um, people who follow the lunar calendar, it's basically mid-awesome to you guys. To us, I feel here it's literally just started. The turn of autumn. It's not really happened yet. We've had quite a hot kind of couple of weeks. Uh, it's cool enough, but you don't know. It's England. It's cold for me today, even though the sun's out. It's it's a weird thing because every time you think it's cold, yeah. it suddenly jumps to 20 degrees it or something. It has been weird, though. It's, it's, well, yeah. It's a strange situation. Probably because we're uh, in the Gulf Stream of many, many streams. Streaming golfs. Uh, we're, we're in all of them. It's like when you play a lot of PGA tours on your television. That's Gulf Streaming. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, so that's all happened. Uh, we also had to go out in the world, which is quite interesting. We actually made our first city plunder trip. Uh, by that, I mean like a Viking raid where we, we get masked up because you kind of have to this day and age. Uh, we take it in turns uh, running into shops and uh, screaming something. And then running out of the shops with something. But we have bought it. It's not like theft. <laughs> First, like I've just explained looting, really. Um, no, we, we, this is our shopping experience. Because obviously people, it's optional now yeah. here in the UK to wear a mask or not. I think anyone who's a big fan of Halloween, as I am, it's my favorite holiday of the year. It's not really a holiday, though. You don't really get time off. So no. it's, it's, it's more of a thing, but it's not really a holiday, so to say. Should be a national one. Should be a week off. Should be the whole week off like it used to be back when there was druids and things. Um, but basically, yeah, back then, like you know, did they even have jobs back then? Because if they didn't have jobs, yeah, they had druidy have time jobs. Off. They had druidy jobs. jobs like building henges. Okay. Yeah, I always thought a henge was something a door needed to open, but it's That's not. That's a hinge. <laughs> no, it depends if you're from New Zealand. Okay. Um, so, because you know. They say uh, vowels differently over there. But basically, um, yeah, Halloween. So I think it should be a national holiday. I think you should have a week off. You should celebrate all of the old festival because it was a week long back in the day. The Celtic uh, and All Saints and all of this stuff was all around that period of time. Mm. It's all gone, um, mostly. Uh, there was a very good video game. It actually came out of Japan, but it was set in Ireland. Right. On a PlayStation 2 years ago. Totally forgot. I think it was called Fairy Tale. I, I was, I was going to say, I've totally forgotten it. <laughs> and then, and then it's it? the most obvious title of anything ever. It's Fairy Tale. It's about fairies. Yeah. Oh, it's a tale about them. Yeah. It was a really kind of a cool game because it explained all of that right. a wee bit. But um, we went shopping in, in Birmingham, in the city of Birmingham, because it's the closest city that we have near us in the forest. And that was an interesting experience because we hadn't sort of been out really. We'd gone out for little trips here and there, um, like when my, my cousins came up. But we haven't really done anything like shop. Not mm, really. Not majorly. Yeah. Um, mostly because we've been building incessantly 
in in the old treehouse. That's because you can buy everything online and get it delivered to you. Well, you can get it delivered, uh, but when? (laughs) No one knows, and then it's all there, and it just turns up. But one thing I noticed as we were walking out, I've been alluding to for the past couple of weeks uh, how Americanized Britain's coming in energy, not really in the sense of Americanization or corporates or anything like this, just Mm -hmm. in vibe. And this was my first experience being back in a city, really just with you. And I seemed to attract every sort of strange person that I could. Yeah, you used to do that when we were in L.A. You'd be the magnet for uh, people asking directions, people asking for change. People People... telling stories about how they were a former NASA scientist. Exactly. Pushing trolleys full of... They just sort of gravitated towards you. But that that never really happened here. And then... Well, here it was more of a case... It's happened a few times in isolated situations yeah. uh, where I've been on my own. Mm. Um, but here it's kind of a case where there's a different culture to it. So usually someone's just asking you some, for something, change for a bus, and they give you a nice excuse like, oh, my wallet was eaten by a mutant iguana or something <laughs> like this. And uh, I haven't got changed the thing. I've got one pound fifty, but I need whatever. And it's it's always an excuse. It's mm. kind of a well acted thing. Yeah. But this time it was like um, some granny basically gave me the most vintage phone I can possibly tell. It was a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, she but stopped it was, you. It was tiny. <sighs> I'm pretty sure it was one of those display models they had uh. that never worked. Yeah, like it it's wasn't just a in the shop. One. It was no, no, no. This school. was all buttons and stuff. <laughs> It honestly felt like it was pla- like a kid's toy yeah. is what it felt like. And she was convinced it worked, but she couldn't see the time off it. And there was literally no screen or anything. It was all just patterned. So what was she asking you? Because she kind of grabbed she wanted you, to gave know, it to you and was like. She wanted to know if it worked and she wanted to know what time it was. Oh. And then she was waiting for a bus that basically turned up, thank goodness, to end this. Because it could have gone on forever. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it sort of, this thing sort of happens out of nowhere. And then the next thing, we, we had to go to a music shop. Um, which most people in America probably don't know what a music shop is. But when you walk into it, you know those boxes that you used to have where you kept jewellery in it? And they would, like, you wind it up. Yeah. And there was a ballerina or something dancing in the center. Yeah, right. A music shop is the same thing, but it's a shop. So you go in there and someone's wound this thing and there's a monkey clapping cymbals in the center of the room and it just makes sounds. Okay. And then you pay for the time that you've been in listening to music. But in another world, i.e. the normal world, not my mind, um, (laughs) it's where you buy musical stuff from. Yes. Like guitar shops or whatever, drum shops. This is a kind of combined one instruments and uh, equipment yeah and so we needed to pick up a few bits and bobs from there or do some price checks and in all of the boring stuff that you do when you're building studios or whatever and um within five minutes i'd made friends with a guy from liverpool didn't i yeah he started trying to anoint me in mormonism wasn't quite sure what was happening there no was i (laughs) but i i kind of like to listen to everyone's thoughts and beliefs uh, especially when they're from Liverpool. Mm. But that became almost, I wouldn't say it was ever dark, but it almost felt like the guy was probably an uncaught serial killer. That's oh. what I thought from it. He had the kind of charisma of a serial killer. 
He had a lot to say and he wouldn't leave you alone. No, he, he loved me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I've got that kind of a face. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I said, they gravitate towards no, you. I attract the weirdos. It's one of my, it's one of my skills. <laughs> it takes one to know. It's, I put it on my CV. So in my resume, one of the first things it says is attract weirdos. Special skills. Have you noticed that resumes have become like social media profiles? Like Pretty much. Facebook is basically a resume. Yeah. Yeah, because people want to it show saves off what trees, doesn't it? Good at. It saves writing it all out and printing it five hundred times and updating it every week. Mm, yeah, because I'm pretty sure so. most most companies employing people now, whatever field of work it is, will use Facebook as a resume in a sense. Uh, as a background check, yeah. Well, I always like to check my background because I don't like photos that are just next to an, a you know like a, a green blob. <laughs> I like a good background. So I, I usually take all my profile pictures when I used to have social media near volcanoes and things. Mm. Better background. Mm. Like you should do mood backgrounds. Like you know how headshots in Hollywood, which by the way is actually sounds like a headline for a mass shooting. It does. But I'm talking about headshots. Like, like a you're photograph. A, you're an actor. <laughs> yeah. Even though that's quite a novel way of doing them. Like headshots in Hollywood is just headshots like... Headshots in Hollywood. Yeah, well, I've got my headshot. I could only get it once. That's an it's assassin film. It is. Title. Headshots in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Will Ferrell film mm. where he's, an, he's a careerist assassin. <laughs> uh, and that's what he's doing. But uh, He targets agents and actors. Well, I don't know. I haven't written the script. <laughs> it's not my job. Okay, okay. It's all about Will Ferrell's people. Um, everyone knows what it is. Okay. So it's usually you pose in different sort of outfits to try and give a range to what you look like in a photograph. I always think this is such a Hollywood thing. I know it happens in the UK a wee bit, but the rest of us around the world, I feel, you know, coming out of theatre and stuff like this where it doesn't matter as much, you you always have to do the kind of meet and greet because a, a photograph doesn't really help find a personality. No, I think. no. So it's okay for modelling, but it's not great for acting. You can't judge a book by its cover. Plus, I mean, it's easy now to just do a video of yourself. Yeah. Really, everyone's audition. doing it. Use TikTok. So you like TikTok auditions. <sighs> That's the whole thing you could do. It's a yeah. good thing. Because it's interesting. I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about, because I'm always pretty mean about TikTok, mostly because I don't really understand 20 second clips uh, or whatever it is, like the timeout. I get why it's kind of um, a hip kind of craze, but I think we've lived it all. We, we had like Instagram. We had Vine. Vine, yeah. there's loads of different versions of TikTok. I think the reason that TikTok has kind of blown up is probably because in China, they didn't have an equivalent. Mm. So it's really their first exploration in it. And I think they've done some clever stuff with it, like mixed it with some sort of sound effects and made it feel like you're triggering off a kind of timed thing. Or so. I don't know, I haven't used it yet. I'm going to explore it one day. But something that's interesting is... Um, I think it was Rob Lowe's podcast I was listening to, and he mentioned that actually there's a lot of sensible things happening with it mm. already. Like China uses it as to, to get news articles out, and it's also interview uh, lists and stuff like this. I think, especially in America, the fact that social media is really blowing up, a really good logic would be replace headshots with it. Because mm. yeah. you got filters and stuff like this, so you can do some creative stuff. And honestly, being someone that's actually audition actors like yourself that's yeah. how we met uh you're still doing a good job acting like you like me by the way <laughs> appreciate that thanks um, yeah it's been it's been you know a long time mm -hmm. where you faked it yeah that's why we call you 
Deep Fake Fred. Deep Fake That's what your name is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, your, it's your DJ name. I've seen your sets outside. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think TikTok could be a really cool way of doing that. Because 20 seconds is quite a long time if you were to, to try and audition something. Mm. Because back in the day, Vine was like, I think it was seven seconds or something. It was very really? limited. Yeah. I never, see, quick. a lot of this stuff I, I skip over because it's such a fad. Mm. And it really only lasts seven seconds. <laughs> so I never, I'm not even awake. When it lasted a few years and then another company bought it out. Well, it's kind of like Instagram. Everything's a component. Mm. Um, and obviously, I, I personally, and I, I'm just going to put this out there, right? I have no issue with social media. I know it. I understand it. I've been on it. Um, I never really talked to it. I'm kind of one of these people. I wouldn't say I'm off the grid because I like the grid. The grid to me is, uh, you know, viable for all of my uh, PlayStation moments and Nintendo Switch moments and shopping online, dare I say it. I don't do a lot of that, but I am over your shoulder consulting you who does do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And you're always saying stuff like, hey, do we need like reindeer sandals? And I'm like, what? (laughs) We haven't got any reindeers. (laughs) What are you talking about? But it's Christmas soon and I appreciate it. You got to fill it with a reindeer for that to work. Anyway, um, I get it because I was in a band and, you know, back when I was in a band, it was MySpace, mm-hmm. which a lot of people uh, don't understand. That collapsed as a, a sort of social media site. It was kind of a precursor Facebook. Yeah. The reason it collapsed is because there was an international convention that said space is everyone's. It's not yours. The, uh- Right? No. Yeah, because you can't have any ownership of anything in space. Oh. So that's why they shut it down. Because it was It was like, a copyright issue of space. No, you were claiming that it was yeah, your space. my space. And it's not. Get out of my space. It, if it was your space, it would be <laughs> the whole internet title for the, the page would have been reservation in my name space. This space is mine space. <laughs> this piece of space is my space. <laughs> There you go. That's the full title. Anyway, I understand the promotion thing. Uh, it's more about community, I think. Community it was kind of a weird... Well, it was a weird time when we were... Because the band that I was in sort of kicked off sort of 2000, 2001, mm. when it really started getting serious. And we were still, like, handing flyers on cars and things like this, you know, putting them to the... Yeah, we were doing a bit of that, but we, were, we had a social media presence as well. I was also... I was moderating uh, a few chat rooms at the time with a team of people. So it was sort of the early fringe, but it was very similar. Like people say, oh, I'm not sure how this came about. It's really obvious how it came about because it's it's really just taken a complex idea at a start that's split over about 50 different ways of doing it and putting it all on one page. And that's kind of what happened over time. Mm. But MySpace could do everything Facebook could do, mm. to be fair. And so we were in that sort of generation of exploring the internet and promotion and stuff like this. And it worked really well to kind of get us across the pond in America, which yeah. is where, you know, any British band really wants to say hello to their American buddies when they're touring and stuff, just to give you an idea. And we, we did clever stuff. Like we used certain gigs that live streamed in the internet. And this wasn't really happening at that point. Pretty much pre-YouTube just yeah just but i mean msn hotmail had stuff which had it yahoo had streaming do you remember icq i remember only because that transitioned to a lot of you people in hong kong Mm. 
that know mathematics and formulas because to know your ICQ number was almost to know a nuclear missile code by heart. I still remember my ICQ well, number. Well, that's the saddest thing. Oh. And for us, it was like Yahoo and, and MSN. Hotmail and yeah. stuff. So, and AOL if you're really old. <laughs> that's old. But basically, like, I can see where it all kind of kicks off. But it's almost a case where I think a lot of people who are creative on it, I mean, it's so similar to the story of YouTube because when YouTube came out, no one took it seriously because it was literally three guys like jumping off buildings Mm -hmm. on a motorbike into a swimming pool or how cute is this cat? Like or, or puppy or something. It was that for ages and then it started to establish. Now it's got, well, it had for a while a TV network. Mm, yeah so i think tiktok especially in china works more like the basis of a news feed mm. with a lot more professionalism thrown into it i think a lot of celebrities do sort of q a's mm. and stuff like that it's pretty much an all-inclusive youtube for them yeah as well but it's 20 seconds long which in china makes a lot of sense because everyone's so crazy busy so it's like, I just need a nugget of information. This is happening today and blah, blah, blah. Rather than being cynical and saying it's only because the news literally senses all news down to 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they don't cover the story. They're just telling the positives. There's been an earthquake in Hunan, but we're on it. That's it. That's the news, right? I'm jesting. You know, um, yeah. I feel like we always take these things into like crazy weird places because what tiktok has now become i feel in the uk and the us or you could say australia and canada i think everyone's similar apart from in a pandemic where you can't do a lot in all of our countries it's been used to either do weird dance routines or some kind of odd Mm. comedy bit but it hasn't been used in anything sensible (laughs) yet i'm looking forward to the big you know, film festivals of 20 second short films that are going to happen soon. Because I was, I, I remember in film school, it was always interesting to me. We used to have these weird briefs. It was always like two minute or a seven minute up to a 15 short minute film. short or whatever. And the creativity you need to just fill time is sometimes pretty amazing. But 20 seconds is a challenge. I know there's been film festivals for a long, long time that have done like two minute yeah, micro like shorts. a competition or whatever. Mm. A lot of that happens in the fringe in Los Angeles, but you know, it's just interesting to see what'll happen with TikTok. I personally have always been put off it because a lot of it seems very youthful and mm. a lot of kids are using it to show off how good they are at a Korean pop dance or something. It's, it's not really my world in that sense <laughs> but i'm gonna uh, we'll we'll have a look at it once things settle because you know things here for us have been extremely restrained in fact some of you guys listening who are diehard fans of ours or or have watched the show on youtube and stuff that we've done we haven't really still haven't promoted it no. so a lot of this is literally by word of mouth and just hoping people tell someone about it if they like it mm. or if it becomes infamous, fine, I don't mind. Everyone's got their preference. If you want to go around and say, this is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, a star is still a star, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so ah. whether it be 5, 12, 80 or 1, it's still 1, you know. Um, no, nah, it doesn't matter, but 
I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm almost kind of curious about what you could do on it. So we might get creative on that in the near future. I don't know. But I seem to be very anti it. I'll be honest, I'm anti most things like that. Because I I'm one of these weird arcane people that like because I went to film school, I have a lot of respect for how it was done. Yeah. But we're talking how it was done in the 1950s film studio system, which is what you're principally taught. Mm. Hollywood is this, and it will never change. But it, of course, has changed entirely. Yeah. Um, but some part of me feels like it's kind of a fun, creative tool that you should look into using. A bit like podcasts. For years, I was anti-podcasts. Mm-hmm. I didn't get them. Didn't understand them. And then look at look me at now. now. <laughs> look at me now, son. Um, so, yeah, it's it it's fun. The trip actually getting stuff was interesting to look at what's out there in the old podcast and studio world and just seeing the leaps in music and things that are happening now, like equipment and stuff like this. It's one of those things that I think if you pause in any sense of a certain industry for like a 10 year period, say like you haven't been to a guitar shop for 10 years and you go back, it suddenly goes very odd. There's things that will never change. Mm that are nostalgic but the technology is massively different i mean even if you just look at phones or computers if you you know kids out there have their computers for five years and it's already like arcane yeah but i feel like it with computers it's almost like it's not a visually enormous change five years it used to be yeah five years you used to buy what looked like a lunchbox. Yeah. And then so the five-year gap, it's suddenly really <laughs> thin. Now it's like a notebook, literally. Yeah, I think things like that are slowing down. Yeah. Um, essentially, a lot of people are always terrified about technology and the future of it. And as I said about Australia, you'll know. You'll know because Australia will suddenly turn up on your doorstep asking if you know Sarah Connor. I've told you. What? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. oh from last episode. Yeah, well, yeah. You had to go back a while. Though, oh, I wasn't sure what you were but talking basically, about. But basically, like, the, the world's going to end when Australia takes over it. Uh-huh. You know, that's what... that's what we, And since the last time we talked to people, that's started to happen with the nuclear subs. Yeah, that was Which was a blip a story. It was a blip story, um, mostly because it annoyed France a lot. Yeah. Which is why most of the world was laughing. That was a good comedy bit. I always find it really odd to say this sentence. Let's arm Australia with nuclear submarines. Yeah. (laughs) It seems very odd. I'd understand it more if it was, let's give Australia a yellow submarine. Oh, that's better. Makes a lot more sense. That's better. Because I can't understand. I'm worried. Well, I can't understand a typical Australian in a nuclear submarine. Those two things do not make sense. Yeah, and I'm worried about the uh, the barrier reef and all the coral around us. Oh, no one cares about the environment. No. What are you talking about? All of these climate change meetings everyone's having and then, you know, we've run out of petrol and they're not trying to make everyone drive hybrid <sighs> cars. Yeah. Like, why can't the government solve the problem with petrol by enforcing a mass order of Elon Musk's cyber truck? And then no one will have to use petrol. You know, there's an irony to the petrol story at the moment because they actually said that there might be shortages, but because they said there might be, people panicked and bought it, and now there's actually a shortage because people panicked. Well, this is always a way. This is how humanity works. <laughs> so stupid. But this is how humanity works. You could turn around and say, hey, have you heard the band The Beatles? And then everyone goes, no. 
Are they good? Oh, dude, it'll change the world. And so everyone goes out and rushes out and buys the Beatles and album. Suddenly they're the best that's, that's how humans work. <laughs> and it works in negativity and not. Yeah. But I think with the uh, the petrol thing, that the the issue actually came from the government where they warned the general public here that due to the fact that there are not enough trucks, we can't get petrol delivered. That's the problem. Mm. So everyone was like, oh, I'll go out and buy stuff because otherwise I won't get to work, which we have to do now. We have to go back out to work. It all seems a little bit like this should have happened pre-pandemic. Mm. Like this should have been leading into pandemic where everyone sort of was trying to bunker up and basically thought this would be like the walking dead. How wrong they were. But it's only certain regions of the UK too. That's the big lie. Right. There's a lot of myths and strangeness happening. Yeah. So I just find it all kind of nonsense, really. That's why you need TikTok news reports. In a TikTok news report, you could just have someone for 20 seconds say, yeah, it's not going to happen. You're all right. Don't go crazy. <laughs> right. As far as the yellow, sub yellow submarine, a nuclear submarine in Australia. <laughs> honestly, it's so weird. Like you say something in comedy and then the next sort of week it actually starts to happen. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that don't make sense. Like the climate change argument, it's almost like if, if things are as bad as we're being told, they're bad. You know, this is why I feel the general public has this kind of sense of conspiracy, whether they're true or not. They have this sense of being like, I don't really trust what they're saying. Mm. And it gets confusing because the things they're saying are so illogical at times that even the most, you know, nonchalant, positive person on earth the meek that they can that, that can uh, inherit the world, for example, the meek robots from Australia uh, that will inherit the world. Um, they're viewing this almost like, well, none of this makes sense because one minute you're telling us that we've got to move into like you know electric cars and all this stuff, and that's fine, and then the next minute you're telling us there's going to be petrol shortages because we can't deliver the petrol, which we've got enough supply, by the way. It's just that the trucks can't get to the stations. Yeah. So stations are shutting. It's just a matter of time. It's so weird, all of this stuff. I think that's, I, I think where you can see the sort of cynical side of everything and say there's got to be some cynicism here, I think it's just really about people unable to do the job. Mm. I think it's inability, it's human failure. And it's always quite pathetic. Like, I, I was thinking about this throughout all of this time, the last couple of years especially, where you're just thinking, I know that the governments around the world are doing a job and stuff like this, but there is a highly different budget and wage package that goes into the White House yeah. that many of us have in our governments. And to even compare them is kind of obscene. Mm. Like, Downing Street is old school. It's like this huge relic, you know? It's probably had the same reinforcement jobs and anti-bomb stuff or whatever uh, that the White House has had to done to it over the years. But we know that Boris has recently <laughs> renovated his bedroom because mm. uh, he, he wanted Thundercats theme, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But what we don't have is the same kind of, you know, massive stock. We don't have something like the Pentagon. We don't have all of these extremely almost cities within a city vibes in the UK. It's very low key. I'll give you a point. In America, you have, you know, like park rangers and the people protecting the national parks of the USA, which, by the way, are incredible. 
Like all you have to do is go to Yosemite or somewhere like a national park in California, yeah. Yellowstone or something like this, and you literally see the most incredible landscape you've ever seen. Yeah. Like firstly, the trees are bigger than most people's houses mm-hmm. and you can drive through them, the sequoias. Mm-hmm. They're huge, they're prehistoric trees. Everything's just crazy vast, right? So like when you're in the UK and you're growing up here and we have our National Trust forest, which you could literally walk through in five minutes. <laughs> not quite five minutes. It's basically yeah, it's a not, cusp. Yeah. It's probably like <laughs> six trees and a beavers in there, you know? And then you compare that to most of Washington State, which mm. is all forest leading into Canada, and it's like super vast. Yeah. A lot of us are like watching the Blair Witch Project going, how can you get lost in a woods? There's always a road nearby. <laughs> Granny lives there. She'll tell you where you go. And you can't get lost. This is totally unbelievable. And then you see the scale of what you're looking at in, in America. You know, it's absolutely incredible. And mm. I've, I've done a few national, I've been on a few national forest trips in the USA. And so when you think of the difference governing that comparatively to what we have here, that's literally a good metaphor for the difference in our political structures. Mm. Local council here is so underfunded, essentially, that it's like going into a almost a youth club or something. I'm, I'm trying to think of the equivalent in America, like a, a community meeting. We literally just write and complain. And then our local government is just there to have things thrown at them. That's mm. what it feels like. There's a really good show, actually, called In the Thick of It, which is, you'll probably find it's a, I think it was BBC or Channel 4. I forget. I think it might be BBC, but it was on Netflix for a while. And it's the British show that sort of indicates what our political structure is like in a mockumentary style, a bit like The Office. Yeah, behind the scenes of politics. Yeah, and British anyone politics. who's a fan of Doctor Who might recognise the lead in it, Peter Capaldi, that was kind of where he leapt to fame Yeah, right. Um, as an actor because he's so funny in it and so extreme. But literally, I watched that with you mm. and then all of this stuff started. And every single day through this whole system, I've just thought that's our political structure. Yeah. No one seems to have a clear understanding of no what, they're what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. I actually will give credit where it's due to places like the USA, the big states, the, the enormous country. I mean, people really have to understand the scale difference. Yeah, the we're logistics a, are entirely We're a tiny different. island that we can't even agree with our closest towns. <laughs> it's been that way forever. Let alone Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. We always have an issue, right? America is vastly bigger, vastly bigger. And, and you think about the big states, Russia, America, Australia, even now, because um, they're growing in, in a sense of power and modernization. China as well. They seem to have a better grip on what they're doing, mm. right? And the conspiracies can happen in places that are that big because it's easier to hide. You know, it's only it's more like, going on. Yeah, and it's kind of like a neutral, it's when I say it's like a nucleus of a conspiracy as opposed to an international global conspiracy. I think it, it can never be that because we don't get on with the town across the way. I mean, if you think about it, right, if there was such thing as all of these things had some kind of um, fact to them, essentially. Why don't sports teams all get along and give each other a hug at the end of the game? Mm. Because it's not in our nature. Anyone who's different, we have a problem with from school onwards. It's just who we are. So how can that... A a global conspiracy can't work because there's not enough players to make it work, is my thought, Mm. just on a pure logic, right? Mm. And so... 
through the whole of this, I've just seen a shambles of people who, let's be honest, I'll put it in a nutshell, Western politics this day and age is people who are far too old thinking they're on, you know, American Idol or Britain's Got Talent or something like this, X Factor, because it's just a popularity contest. The whole thing is. I know decisions are being made beyond that, but it all feels like a beauty pageant with old people. You know, well, I say old people, middle-aged people if in the UK. Biden's really set records for that. <laughs> for, for, for that. And I know it's a career, and I know it's bureaucracy, and I know there's things like this, but it just feels like at some point you've got to look at it all and kind of think, well, there's no conspiracy here. It's just ineptitude. Mm. People are just really bad at what they're doing across the board, it feels. Mm. So we gave Australia nuclear subs. <laughs> I mean, did, did you ever think you'd hear that sentence? No, not really. Because I feel like Australia is so far away from everyone and everything that unless it has an Why internal... It? Well, it will have internal issues, and it has. There's been a lot of cases of internal problems. There's some terrorism issues there recently and, and, and things like this. But really, by the time you get there, you're so done in. Like the time zone issue for everyone on Earth to get to Australia is like, oh, I can't be bothered. Which is why I think you get there and you just become a cliched Australian. Mm. You get off the plane and you're like, oh, man, I just want to stay on my, my, my porch and drink a couple of bevies and watch a koala hug a tree. You know, <laughs> like you just don't want to do anything by that. Right. I don't know, man. It's 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 odd. And it's odd how it was kind of a clip. In, we, we're having this a lot as a fashionable thing lately, where this news thing will hit a hot peak for two days. Yeah, it was like in the headlines. Literally all over the British news. Every, like the whole day for like two to three days. And, and, and then you know, there was a big problem, big problem with France not liking it because I guess they wanted them and they felt snubbed or something. Not really, I didn't really follow it. I, I watch, basically, uh, you see uh, kind of like, you get Google and you type in UK news. That's pretty much the extent of my news following this day and age because I've given up on it. But I always do it. It's like a morbid curiosity. What? How bad has it got this week? And it's usually just the same headlines across every channel, which is really worrying because it's not even deviating. It's like the, every news channel is just reporting the same story. And for two days, it was this thing about nuclear subs in Australia. And weirdly, right after the podcast, mm. Where I made a point of saying, you know, Terminator is based on Australia having the power to, you know, take over the world. Uh, this is step one, folks. So at least I'm right. Oh, no. But I honestly think most Australian military generals probably think it's a yellow submarine. They're going to be very disappointed. Because they probably thought, oh, yeah, finally we can have some Beatles tourism. No. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be a whole different thing. Yeah, it's all weird. It all feels weird. It also feels a bit too late in the day to have a nuclear sub. I'll be honest. Yeah, like 40 years too late? Well, it's kind of like the rest, the rest of the world is now new, using a lot more automated stuff, like drones mm -hmm. and stuff like this. So it almost feels like maybe it's just a fob off for, for the fun of it. But I, if I was Australia, I'd, I'd receive them and then turn them into like the best bar you've ever seen <gasps> like gut the whole thing party. out exactly gut the whole thing out it's got energy to last forever because it's <laughs> nuclear right and just run a bar from it way better usage of it mm. that's probably what they're really doing 
Because there's a huge effort to save the reefs, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't make sense. Unless it's stationed outside of Australia. Stockpiled in uh, Tasmania or something. Okay. I don't know, man. It's, it's all so weird. And obviously, I don't really see the point of any of it. Because, uh, like I said, technology has moved far beyond it. Mm. So it's almost like if there is a, a, an attempt to threaten say China or whatever, from being curious of what China's doing in the South China Sea, which is what they're saying it's all about. I'm pretty sure China's already got technology that would see a nuclear sub in seconds. So there's no real covert advantage to it. And they're really slow. Mm-hmm. So it has to be for, uh, it's got to be an Australian bar or some kind of new housing project. You know, that'd be amazing. Can you imagine if your houseboated a nuclear sub? That'd be a great show, wouldn't it? Like decommission all the war weapons, turn them into houses. Like I said, all the old nuclear um, missiles, turn them into like a lighthouse. It's good use of it. And all the nuclear subs, turn them into houseboats that are underwater. So if your world's slowly flooding, yeah, you've got a you got like a really awesome platform under the sea, kind of Atlantis style. I was thinking it's more like an alternative cruise ship. Oh, it's a very alternative cruise yeah. ship. <laughs> Yeah, that's the worst cruise ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, we're at we're a depth where it's all gloomy outside, but somewhere around there is Peru. We're pretty <laughs> sure. Oh, and by the way, the Coast Guard just picked us up on a ping because oh. we, we, we surfaced. And uh, this is a nuclear submarine. So obviously they're a bit worried about us. I'm pretty sure the PR for a nuclear sub cruise tour. Plus, you wouldn't get a lot of people on it. It's very condensed no it's really big no 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 the the rooms are really really small like painfully small Mm. like it's been a problem for years which is why it's even funnier now when i think about it we're giving them to australia but we actually sold them that's the thing so i i i've got to be honest i think everyone's reading this wrong including journalists i actually think it is for a, a theme bar makes a lot of sense I want to go back to what you mentioned with um, In the Thick of It, which is a the British show. Yeah, which is pretty much what I think British politics Government, is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. That other show that we've been watching recently is like Government in America, Parks and Recreation, which took me ages to get to it. I heard about it years ago. Well, this is a thing that's been very interesting in, in post-lockdown or during lockdown or whatever time it is right now, because it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people uh, have, it's kind of out of redux, like people have been re-exploring parts and recreation. It was one of these things that I used to see on TV, either here or America, it was on. And you'd catch like five or six minutes of it, but mm. it didn't really resonate because you weren't really sure what you were watching in yeah. that time. And it was always in between stuff I had to do. So it was like, oh, I'll put the TV on while I have a piece of toast and a cup right. of tea or something. It's done. I've got to do stuff now. But actually digging into it, it's it's fastly becoming one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Yeah, I've never seen any clips. I just knew the title. That's pretty much it. Well, I I knew that there was a lot of hands that made the U.S. version of The Office behind it. Mm. And that there was a lot of Saturday Night Live alumni involved, like Amy Poehler and, and all of these, that you would know. But I think what's really iconic about it is the careers of the people uh, that you didn't fully understand were in it, mm. even when it was on. Audrey Plaza and 
Chris Pratt, yeah. who are now like megastars. Yeah, Nick, Nick Offerman, who's become my <laughs> spirit animal. Um, I'm not going to sell it because people people know about this. No, I just I'm wanted sure, to but... mention it because it's like it's government, but in America as as compared with in the thick of it, which is well, it's, 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 it's different. It's not the scale because the, in the thick of it is the actual central government. Yeah. Whereas Parks and Recreation is a Parks and Recreational Council office. Yeah. Which is literally why I brought up the National Parks of America, right. essentially. That was what I was alluding to. But mm. I think... Both cases of those sort of political shows that are sitcoms at a core base, um, both displayed a kind of a kind of fair outlook of why it, it's never easy and why yeah. it goes wrong quite yeah. a lot. But um, yeah, Parks and Recreation is more optimistic because yeah. there's actually people trying to do their job properly. And, and when they actually do something positive, the media somehow makes it a negative and it's like, well, but we achieved something. Well, I think that's why it's a fair show. It is. I think that's probably why a lot of people are watching it. I think one big thing is after Trump Mm. and after the whole kind of four years of what that's been like, it's kind of nice to actually look at something that says, well, good things are happening too. On the ground. Yeah. 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 And it's easy to do that here. You can see what's happening in London and you can not really relate that to the rest of the UK Mm. because it's always the big story in london yeah right but local councils around the uk during this time i would say have been incredible very supportive not just supportive, getting on with stuff mm-hmm. and doing Building a lot of good things and a lot of good stuff happening around the corner talking about new parks there's one near us in the forest so yeah. been really really cool we're gonna have a farmer's market soon which hey. is where they sell farmers no uh, it's like human trafficking for farmers if you need a farmer <laughs> They, they sell them at a farmer's market every Saturday, I think. No. Yeah, they all have numbers and they come out what smoking pipes. What would you pipes. do with a farmer? Hi, I want to buy a farmer. What well, do you I, do I, I used to watch that? Netflix over their shoulder because they got better internet than oh me. Um, farmers are great. You have to speak their language. Uh-huh. It's very hard to speak their language. That kind of thing. Isn't that a bit farmerist? Huh? Well, they all have different languages around the world, but they all speak their own farmer language. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, what kind of farmer would you buy at the farmer's market? I don't believe in it. It's like, I don't believe in pets either. I think everything on earth has freedom at birth, essentially. Mm. So that they don't because they're parented. Because if you were free from birth, you would probably not live very long, to be honest. Uh, but... Freedom is kind of the right everything has, you see. So I don't believe in keeping anything in a cage except for you. Oh. Because you're a producer and you can keep those in cages. But I don't really feel like I want to buy a farmer, you know. So who would go to the farmer's market? People then? who need to buy a farmer. <laughs> this is going in circles. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> farmlands here in the UK that you need to buy a farmer to farm, you see. The thing that's weird about farmers, I don't know if you noticed this, around the world, but they're always old. You know, they're always old. They always have a pipe. They always have a flat cap and a rain jacket, even if they're from the tropical areas. And they're always old. They're like 15-year-old farmers look about 80. (laughs) It's this thing. So they're not actually old. They just look old. They look old. The only exception being Brock Lesnar. And the reason, because he's a UFC stroke wrestler, professional wrestler, 
uh, UFC fighter, former heavyweight champion and former WWE champion, whatever. He's a farmer, but he went into a different thing. Like, he had a different profession. So he looks old, but he doesn't look 80. What does he farm? Mostly pain <laughs> on other people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. He, he digs up pain and, and unleashes pain. Um, I'm pretty sure his livestock. Yeah. He's, he's from a farming family in Minnesota cool. originally. He now lives in Canada, eh? Eh? Eh, he does, eh? What are you, what are you talking about, Brock Lesnar? Um, love you, Canada. In America, you can now farm cannabis, right? It's actually legal. Legal, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I was watching, I've been watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain, and he did a really interesting, because I'm going through all the parts unknown stuff. Right. I was a big fan of his back when he did a Cook's tour and, no reservations. So since his past, it's really sad. It, it, it kind of affected me a bit. And I wanted to see this because I think it's his maximum opus. I think there's a lot of stuff from that show that's very essential to watch. Because it's kind of a travel show and a culture show. But it's always done in a kind of his creative, cynical spin mm. with humor and, and stuff. But it's been interesting to go through it. Um, mostly because we've been on his footsteps a wee bit. Like, he was in Hong Kong moments after we'd left Hong Kong. We went to Japan moments after he left Japan. So it's quite, it's been interesting to, to watch it. Mm. And one thing that came up, he was, he was uh, showcasing, I think, was in Seattle, where they actually had written approval, like loads of these cannabis farms were being built. And of course, we watched South Park intermittently, like most folks mm -hmm. who are stupid and idiotic. You and can't young. have too much South Park in exactly. one go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So intermittently we'll watch one every now and again. And the one we were watching was all of this whole cannabis farm stuff. And yeah. obviously in America, actually having that kind of scale of a thing is interesting because it's not dissimilar. A lot of people are going to be aghast in horror if they're older on, this, on sort of listening to this podcast. But really it's kind of like a vineyard. The way it's operated yeah and it was really kind of encouraging to see it because there's a lot of science behind it now where they're splitting oils and doing all of these things some medicinal some recreational whatever but it's and even some making clothing hemp, hemp clothing yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. the whole thing is really interesting and i was thinking it watching the thing and it's not something he said it was just my own thought but i thought it was really encouraging because farming is really dying out and as I've said, it should all be automated. I think that's really the future of, you know, um, where we get groceries from and, Robotics, and stuff like this. Because it's 100% it's possible, it is, especially yeah. with renewable energy being around the corner and stuff. You can make the whole thing powered solely. Mm. It's a good prospect for something in the future. Definitely. But with these artisan farms, be it like cannabis, wineries, whatever, even rice making in, in, in Asia... You can do something that is artisan there. And I think there's a lot of young people who are really rallying behind that notion, especially young restaurateurs and things like this, people who are owning their own farms mm. to run their own restaurants. Yeah. This is really encouraging. And I feel like, you know, we've had three weeks of ups and downs in the news. Uh, <laughs> I really want to believe the nuclear subs going to Australia. They're going to turn into some kind of surf shack. Awesome. <laughs> and, and it starts on the surface and then you go down as like, check out the coral reef now, mate. And it's also nuclear energy. So they've got this whole like neon light hue thing going on. Like I can see them doing that. 
And I think submarine rave. <laughs> and I think if the the uh, the Prime Minister of Australia is listening to me, because I know he does, I know he does. Um, he's a big fan of the show. If you're listening right now, I don't know you now. I should research before I say <laughs> this. Uh, so I'm just going to call you Bob, because I just think that's what every Prime Minister of Australia should be called is Bob. Uh, Bob, if you're listening right now, um, that's what you got to do because if you really want to annoy France, that's how you do it. Because they really wanted them. That's the thing. I think America had promised them the nukes, the subs, not the nukes, the subs, before Australia. And no, 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 no. It was um, France were selling to Australia. Oh, really? And, and so, America? Yeah. And so America France the deal. lost out on the, on the oh, contract. But that's just, you wouldn't want to admit that, would you? Do you know what I mean? We wanted Australian money. <laughs> so crazy. So instead, what I'm going to say is I would like to believe those nuclear submarines are being used as some kind of Surfshack-themed bar. Mm-hmm. You could do loads of stuff with it, be an aquarium, a bar, all in one. But honestly, as well, all of you weapons dealers out there, that is, I know you do exist and stuff like this, you've got to think beyond the spectrum of what you're doing and start converting all of these things. You can team up with Tesla and create the Tesla tank, right? Where you take all the uh, munitions and you turn it into paintball cannons because he's crazy, so he does fun stuff. And then you make the first electric-powered tank that's also great for, like, I don't know, like a hen night or something. You know, it's got a karaoke pit in there and, yeah. So you got to change the world. These symbols of things that are negative have got to be symbols of things that are positive because, as we all know, the money's in drones. You just want to automate war. It's so easy to play a video game. No war! It's also loads of disassociations, so no one has any post-war trauma. I'm just saying. It's a thing. So, um, on that controversial note, it has been, we will be back. Uh, it will be in two weeks again. It will be Tuesday, because schedules have changed. But we are keeping the podcast on Tuesday. And I think it's a good day because there's a lot of podcasts that release on a Monday, but very few that release on a Tuesday. We want to be new and hip and also give ourselves an extra day at the weekend. <laughs> it's just been tough. So we will be back now from Tuesday onwards. Thanks for listening, folks around the world. Sorry if I've uh, said some controversial stuff this week. I don't care too much. Uh, you know, it's just food for thought and I'm a big stupid idiot. So uh, don't let it worry you. We will be back in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Bye.